Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 185 of the Tutor Podcast. The weekly show dedicated to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business. And today we're going to be talking about work ethic. But first, let's define what we mean by that. Work is physical or mental activity undertaken to produce results, often related to money. And ethic is the study of moral principles that govern a person's behaviour or the conducting of an activity. So to be real clear, we're talking about the stuff that gets results and the way we do it. Now, work ethic seems to be pretty slack out there at the moment. And I think as we're in business for ourselves, we have to cultivate a strong work ethic, which may be different to one you've encountered before, particularly if you've been in corporate jobs or public sector jobs, especially, I think. So I'll just run through what I think are the most important things to build an effective, robust work ethic. The very first thing is work when you're working. In other words, focus on it. Don't fanny around. Have a plan for the day. That's really important. When you get to work, turn off your phone. Close all the distracting windows on your PC. Turn off those Blooming email notifications that ping all the time. Get your nose to the grindstone and do the work. Apply your backside to the seat and get on with it. Work at it. Don't just show up. Show up and graft. You're not looking to create a cushy number for yourself here. Set yourself some targets, focus on them and monitor results every day. Just do the work and do the work now because immediacy has value. It's a pretty rare commodity in my experience. I will always pick out people who get stuff done quickly for me. I find that the speed with which they act generally overcomes any friction before it's really had time to build up. Doing it now is better than doing it sometime down the line. And tomorrow may be too late. My old boss Martin used to say to me, they didn't want it perfect. They wanted it Tuesday. And I get that. He meant get on with it. Get the stuff done. Gather yourself some momentum as you do this. It'll carry you forward. The second real thing is put the time in. Be relentless. When you come up against some obstacles, Keep on going. Some people won't like this because it sounds difficult. That's okay. They won't be your competition in the future because they won't be around. They'll have gone and found a way to do something a bit easier, which probably means less rewarding, less well paid. And they will leave the ground clear for you to dominate it. Put the time in. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. 
Do it every day and be consistent. Create a pattern of work, a pattern of your life of being there. Run your routine every day and constantly test what you're doing. Make improvements and evolve the process so it becomes easier and better. Third thing, do work you can be proud of and then be proud of what you do. Relish it. If you're working to help people and you're producing great results, you're taking them forward in pursuit of their dreams while you pursue your own dreams and you're getting well paid for it. Love every minute of it. Tell everybody what you do. Give them a chance to buy into your vision. And ask them all, who else can I help? It's a great way to get referrals. Who can you help? Look around. Look around for people with whom you can work and whom you can help. Fourth thing is feel the need. In the world of motivation, and especially from the NLP side of things, there are two kinds of motivation. There's away from motivation and there's towards motivation. Away from motivation is the push that gets you going in the first place. It's, it's built out of fear or discomfort. Perhaps it's the fear of poverty or debt or ill health that gets you going. It's a terrific starter motor. It gets your backside moving away from the problem. It's wonderful just to get you going. Not so good for sustained work. It's almost beating yourself with a stick of fear or punishment in the case of inaction. Closely linked to the fight or flight response when confronting danger. But the problem with it is that as distance or comfort emerges, you're moving further and further away from the feared situation. So your fear and thus the motivation will subside. So you need something better to keep you going. A little side note here, because the away from motivation is inherently stress-based, there may be some health impacts associated with that. So once you've used stress and fear and discomfort to get you moving away from a problematic situation, you can start to create the next kind of motivator, the reward or the pull, the towards motivation. Now, this gets you going. It's the carrot of the reward and it creates milestones on your journey. I think it's a great idea to reward yourself along the way with small, low level goals. Maybe it's a, a little treat for yourself when you sign a new student. The mid-level stuff, the, maybe it's a nice restaurant meal for yourself and your partner when you finally file your accounts. And then maybe there's a high-level one, a big reward when you hit a big milestone for yourself. For me, I promised myself a convertible car when my property portfolio hit the million-pound mark. It felt good to get exactly the car I wanted as a reward for doing great work. Now, these rewards are more positive than the away from, and they last longer because the closer you get towards the reward, the more the motivation. 
grows within you. So this, this will be cyclical. So remember to renew and revise and upgrade your rewards and your motivators. And it will keep pulling you forward towards the next milestone that you set for yourself, the next target to hit. This is not a stress-based system. So it's unlikely to have any negative health impacts. So if I were going to just draw the line between the the push and the pull motivators i'd say the push is kind of like being out in the cold and the push is to get away from the cold get away from it as fast as you possibly can and the pull is having a hot chocolate by the fire that will draw me into that so if i've got both of those firing off at the same time i'm going to be powerfully motivated to get right close to that lovely big crackly log fire and the hot chocolate. So that's how I'd consider this idea of the motivating factors. Now, as I said at the start of the, the show, the, a strong work ethic seems to be pretty rare these days. And if it's rare, it's therefore very valuable. And since money is a marker for value, if you have a strong work ethic, you will earn more money. Now, there's a whole bunch of talk about the four-hour work week from Tim Ferriss and various other online marketing type gurus. Now, I used to be quite a fan of this idea, but I'm really not now, at least not for myself. Because frankly, I'd be bored stupid doing nothing useful all day. What I want us all to do is to do work that we love and do lots of work we love and help more people. And in turn, we can spread our passion to those people and set an example to the people who we come into contact with and who are watching us. This is a pretty rare idea. And some people won't like it. For example, my brothers, both of whom are pretty successful in what they do, keep asking me why I work so hard. Why don't I want to go and play golf with them every day? They remind me that I don't need to work because I'm financially secure with my property income. And there are a lot of reasons why I keep doing what I do, even though there's no financial need behind it. The first one is I do it to do it, to see what I can do, how far I can go, what my limits are. That's me exploring my own potential. On a deep, deep level, though, I'm driven to help people. I do it through teaching, through writing, through properly maintaining my properties and giving people safe homes, by joint venturing with my investors, by mentoring other tutors and people in business, by coaching people, and even do it with my instrument repair business where I'm helping players to get the best out of their instruments. And that's the immediate stuff. The long term for me is to create a legacy. It's a system to teach all the stuff that I now teach that I really wish I'd known on day one would have saved me 20 years at least. And then there's my son, Alex. I want to leave him a financial legacy, 
and the legacy of a work ethic, an example for him to follow. And as far as my brothers go, work is more fun than golf, especially bad golf. So what I'm saying is, set your own standards. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Keep adjusting your standards and improving them. Because your work ethic's like a muscle. You grow it slowly. You try and avoid injury and burnout as you get stronger and stronger. This would make sense in the gym. I wouldn't take you to the gym and have you repeatedly leg press 535 kilos. It'd kill you because you're not me. I'm a 56-year-old who used to race bicycles. Very poorly, I might add. And I've got remarkably strong legs. They didn't get built in a day or a week, but over a long, long period. One day at a time, one mile at a time. And that's how my work ethic is. That's how it got built. It didn't appear out of thin air. It was built over years. That's why it's strong and it's enduring. And it's as much a part of me as my legs are. What do you think? What's your take on the work ethic? That's my 10 cents worth. What about you? Let me know what caught your ear in this episode and how you get on putting some of these ideas to work in your business. If you've got tips for building a killer work ethic, I'd love to hear them because I'm here to learn too. Send them in to me. It's info at neilcamado.com. And in the next episode, I'll be back talking more and exploring a little more how to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Your tutoring business, the same way I love mine. So if this is helpful, if there's something you think we should cover here on the Tutor Podcast, just get in touch. Again, it's info at neilcamado.com and you can always find me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. So let's wrap this up for the day and join me, Neil Camado, for the next episode of the Deeply Groovy Tudor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.